Sorry, everybody. I was not here last week. I was here. I was here. You were not here. No, I didn't record. I actually did record, but it's something for the future. When, you know, the future comes, if it comes. We don't know. What happens? What is life? We were sick last week. Uh, It was winter break. However, right before break, uh, someone in the school... My youngest daughter's school decided to go to school with a stomach bug. And uh, that just, uh, yeah, that so that happened. And it went through the house. Um, really, the girls were just affected that way. Um, my wife and I were pretty nauseous. Uh, but it like, came in waves and it was really annoying. Actually, it was like, just happen or don't, you know? But then it seemed to manifest into like a cold for both of us. And uh, that wasn't fun. And last weekend was just awful. But anyway, when I was recording... This little snippet for later on, it just was very nasally. Even now, it's like I'm still having some trouble with uh, my regular voice. But I was like, nah, we'll just push it off. So we took a break. My producer and I took a break. But we're back. We're here feeling about 95%. Still a little nasally, uh, a little congested, congested, but getting better. I didn't sleep a lot all last week, basically. A lot of hard nights, especially with the cold, like... When I, when I have a cough, like any little tickle in my throat, I'm just done. Like, I, I'm just not going to get sleep that night. It doesn't matter. Propping up, switching stuff around, it's just not going to work. So I was quarantined to the basement and uh, did my best to sleep, but really couldn't do it. And then I had migraine on Saturday and Sunday. That just blew me away. I couldn't do anything. That's all right. Hey, Batman's coming out. Oh, no, the Batman. It's not... Lord of Rings, Fellowship of Ring. There are people that are get very picky with that. It's it's actually the Lord of the Rings. I actually, side note, I that's what I had on for the weekend, basically, when I was in quarantine and away from everybody. I had the extended version of Lord of the Rings, the the Lord of the Rings, and the I guess extended version of the Hobbit. I mean, what else are we gonna do? You can't really sleep. You try to rest. So you just had that on in the background. And my wife was really awesome. She's really awesome like that. She lets me, um, or she let me, just kind of rest it out, you know. And uh, it was a weekend, so nothing was really going on, which is good. And she knows that I would do it for her, you know. And circle of life until your uncle kills your father. Revenge. And yeah, so uh, that was that was fun. You know, I like to get that going every every year or so. Just put that back on in the in the background. The Lord of the Rings, not not the uh, Lion King. I don't think I've seen that in a while. But anyway, back to the original thing. The Batman, the Batman is out tomorrow. By the time this comes, this might come out the same day. All depends on when I'm able to actually edit it. It's been very busy. 
other than the sickness, it's been busy. So I haven't been able to really sit down and record. And I actually did record the other day, and I just didn't like it because um, my I sounded I was still kind of not feeling well, so I sounded kind of emo ish. Like everything just came out like boo hoo, you know. So I was just like, nah, let's just wait till I feel better. I think people appreciate it more if I don't sound so. <laughs> you know, life is tough, you know. So here we are. All right, so life is tough, and um, yeah. But anyway, so the Batman, I'm really looking forward to this, and I'm hoping it's not going to let me down. But the the cast looks great. You have Robert Pattinson as the Batman, as a younger, angry Batman, a vengeful Batman. Which we've seen the vengeful Batman before, but not the not so young. And he's brutal. Like in the um, the trailer, there's one part he just beats a guy until he's satisfied. <laughs> and it reminds me of um, it was a video game called um, Arkham Asylum. It was the Arkham Batman Arkham series. I think there was like three or four games in that, and I played. I think I played three of them at least. But they were a lot of fun. It was like a a wiser, older Batman, but he's big. He's like comic book big and tough. You know, he's he's incredibly smart, world's greatest detective, but also very good at, at beating people. You're not killing people because that's not what it's about. It was, um, you're knocking them out. But the way you're doing it, like with sound effects and stuff, is just like, boom, and just, they're done. You're like, wow, how'd the head not explode? So it, it feels like that, but a younger version. Um, it's very gritty. The Batmobile looks really cool. Uh, you have Colin Farrell in there, who does not look like Colin Farrell at all. You know, uh, amazing makeup job, and a, a bunch of other people that it will, it should make for a really good movie. And of course, it's a most of it was shot in New York, so there's some nostalgia there for us. But that looks fun. I'm I'm hoping to go see it in the theaters. I'm not sure if I'll be able to. It's a matter of finding somebody um, that will do it. I don't think my wife will. Uh, She'll probably just want to see it on TV once it comes out on HBO Max. So we'll see. I don't know. Again, I just hope it's not a letdown. I don't think it will be, though. I think it'll be entertaining. What else is out there? I mean, what is what else is coming out that you guys have seen that you're excited for? Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. I know there are some things out there that are coming. You know, I, I get messages on... I have a Google phone, so I get messages through Google, like uh, news and stuff like that. But I, I streamlined it, so it's only things that I actually care about and or I, I want to get to my phone. Like, I don't want to get news to my phone. I'll go online for that. You know, I don't watch news stations. I'll, I'll watch, you know, different things online. But I got I get uh, comic book news and more importantly, comic movie news. So they've been teasing back and forth like Henry Cavill. Um, who I I think he's a real life Clark Kent, and you know in real life I think he's just a a, a stand up guy, also a nerd. I mean this guy is a nerd, but a jacked nerd. <laughs> I mean, he's I mean he pulled off Superman very well because he did the the Superman workout, which is basically just the Henry Cavill workout, and it's insane. So I think he's probably the best one out there. He's doing a cameo in uh, one of these movies that are coming up, supposedly. They keep going back and forth with that, but I, I think he really is. Um, oh, Black Adam's coming out with uh, The Rock. I don't know when that is, but that's soon. That I'm looking forward to. Dwayne Johnson said that he wanted to fight Henry Cavill as Superman in a future movie. So, And, you know, when it comes to people listening to an actor, uh, it's going to be Dwayne Johnson because that man makes the money. That hopefully will happen. 
they keep going back and forth. Like he signs on for things and then they switch it on him. Like he's, he's supposed to be uh, James Bond, but now he's one of the top three choices. I think Tom Hardy and, and then some other actor um, they're looking at, they just announced. And I can't really think of it right now. And Tom Hardy is great, but I don't know if he's James Bond material. And Henry Cavill, he is like, he's got the looks for sure. And he's got range, but he just seems so nice. You know, I mean, he was good in Mission Impossible, um, the latest one, number six, I think. I don't know, 532? I don't know, whatever. How old is uh, Tom Cruise? He was a good bad guy in that, and the mustache was creepy. <laughs> and it led to some issues with the original Justice League by uh, Joss Whedon. Go to my other podcast, uh, Warner Brothers Hates DC Comics. Uh, find out all you need to know about that. I, I tell you everything. And um, so I... I guess he that that was kind of a creepy vibe with the mustache, but he is he was a good bad guy, but it wasn't great bad guy, you know. He was good but not great. Like he wasn't the lead bad guy, so that was that's fine. But I it just um, I mean, James Bond isn't a bad guy, but there's a lot that he does that I don't see Clark Kent doing. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I don't know. He might be good for it, but I I think the more roles he takes that are outside of the realm of DC, I think the further away he's going to be from it. So, I mean, The Witcher, he was very good in season one. I haven't seen season two yet. I know for some of you, you're yelling at me uh, and others don't care. And that's kind of where I am. Like, I want to see it. I don't have time to to really catch up on a series unless I'm sitting down with my wife. Even then, like, she's not interested in that. So, you know, whatever. Um, I don't want to have it in the background while I'm doing things. It's just I'm I'm coming up with less and less time to have something on the background that I don't have to pay attention to kind of work. Like I'm not, I don't have a lot of that anymore. Everything is uh, dependent on me writing and creating for these podcasts. And yeah, so I, I just don't have that. And for something like that, I want to actually pay attention. You know, I, I think it would probably take my attention away. So anyway, he's not signed on for number three and that wasn't his choice. That's uh, whoever uh, behind the scenes, the powers that be. It'd be great to see, I, I really want to see Zack Snyder's dream come true with the DC universe. And again, go back to my other episode, Warner Brothers Hates DC Comics. I go into great detail about the differences between Josh Whedon, or Joss, Joss Whedon, Justice, I don't know, Joss Whedon and um, Zack Snyder and their their takes on the, the whole thing. And I, I just, I like the way the man shoots a movie, Zack Snyder. I, he's just... It's just so, every shot looks like, if you put a still of every shot, it looks like it could be taken from a comic book. I think that he has, like, he hasn't actually come out and said what he planned, but he had a whole, whole thing planned out for Warner Brothers version of DC. Like, he was going to take this the distance. So it'd be nice to see what that actually is. I, I hope that, that that does happen. And if it does, I know that he likes Henry Cavill as Superman, so... We'll see. And like I said before, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, wants Henry Cavill to be Superman, and he wants to fight him in a movie. So who knows? We'll see. We know that everything is up to, you know, DC Comics, just like Marvel, they have the multi-universe, so you can have different variations of it. It works. It's just... Anyway, taking too long on that. I have special news that I'm not going to give away right now. But it has to do with Michael Dipp. 
Now, I've been saying for a little while that, you know, another episode is coming out with uh, Down in Front, and we were going to look at a movie poster and, and come up with the whole plot of the movie. And that is still happening. We are actively creating things on paper. They just haven't recorded anything yet. However, um, we're switching things up. This is, I don't think this fits in the realm of no green eggs. I think it has to go elsewhere. So news for that is coming soon. I don't want to give away too much, but if you can read between the lines, you already know. Yeah, uh, look forward to that. It just, the holiday season was really tough for logistically. And he and I had a a serious conversation the other day and uh, kind of went over what the future should be, you know, for these kind of things. So we'll let you know what that is. Um, And hopefully it'll be uh, on an episode here and we'll be both of us and we'll go over it. We're just hashing out some some details, trying to iron things out. And then when we get into, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but uh, you don't need to know that right now. So look forward to Michael Dip coming back and then going away. But both of us, I'm going to try to be as vague as possible. The world is filled with... No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so for today, like the other day I recorded something and it just didn't, um, like I said, it just didn't sound good. And then when I played it back, uh, it was like, no, nah, forget it. So um, I actually got some some questions, questions, yield me. <laughs> let's try that again. Can we rewind? That's not, that's not a thing. Okay, um, let's try it. I'll just take two, take two. Can we edit this out, please? No, we'll negotiate your salary. All right, take two. So I got some questions emailed to me, and I thought I would answer a few of them. And uh, two of these I haven't seen. My producer just handed them to me. And, uh, oh, no, I did see these. Yeah, I did see these uh, because I'm the producer. All right, let's go with the first one. What's the difference between growing up in New York and Nebraska? Okay. I mean, you never grow up. I was born in Nebraska and moved to New York to be with my father's family when I was five. I think five. Stayed in New York uh, on Long Island until I was 12 and moved back to Nebraska. So, yeah, I did, you know, I was in grade school in both areas. Differences. Uh, Difference was I always longed to go back to New York. (laughs) I, I never longed to go to Nebraska while living in New York. It was always the other way around. I loved coming back to New York. And the feel of it was just, you know, when we fly back or more often than not, we would drive. It's a long drive, especially in a car and three boys in the back. Plus all the stuff that, like all the, the, (laughs) not the luggage, the luggage is in the trunk, but all like the other stuff, the paraphernalia from everybody was like stuffed in front of our legs. So we couldn't move. If we had a cooler of food or something, or, you know, my dad needed to have access to whatever he wanted access to, it had to be right by our legs. So it was very uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And I think at most of our childhood, we only had one gaming console at a time. And that includes the original Game Boy. Now, I think later on we had, like, I'm talking teenage years, probably like 12, 13. Maybe we had two, if not one a piece. Like the old school Game Boys, I'm not positive. We we didn't have a lot of money. I'm just I I think we had at least two, but in these car rides, I remember only sharing one, and man, that was terrible. So I would bring. I think that's where my love of 
not love of, but puzzle books, you know, like crosswords and anagrams and, and stuff like that. I would I would bring a book of that to do because while you're not playing the Game Boy, you're listening to whatever music your father once listened to at that time, Credence or you know Billy Joel or something. And there's only so much you can look outside and like try to find things that you've never seen before. <laughs> when you when you're going over the flat states, Nebraska and Iowa, forget about it. Just you know what. You can't sleep, so you got to entertain yourself somehow. So I would bring those. And what's the point I'm making? Oh, the okay. So yeah, I always enjoyed going to New York. Never enjoyed going to Nebraska. I always look forward to one and not the other. The differences. I mean, the, it's more wide open in Nebraska. That's for sure. Everything in New York, everyone's on top of each other in comparison. I, I think in the same kind of area. Um, and, and I don't know. I mean, we're talking, what, 10 million people on Long Island. And that that's including uh, three of the boroughs. You know, you got the Bronx, not Bronx, um, Brooklyn, Queens. So actually two of the boroughs. But that's 10, 10 million people is a lot of people for the size of like Omaha. You know, maybe Omaha wasn't as big, but it was spread out. It was pretty big. And you didn't have nearly, like we didn't even have a million people in Omaha at the time. And I, I it just... It was different, you know? Things are slower, for sure. Everything out in New York is so pat, fat, so pat faced, <laughs> so fast, so fast paced. I can't talk. And it's just, it's bustle and go. But when you're a kid, I guess you don't see that. I mean, in New York, I was with my grandfather a lot, and he would take me to like get baseball cards and Yoohoo. Like, you didn't have Yoohoo in Nebraska. That was a big deal. You don't have delis in Nebraska. So that's, there's some things that are just lacking, but he would take me to the bar. <laughs> I was a kid, little kid. He'd sit me up at the bar. He'd have a scotch and on the rocks. Um, I think sometimes he would mix it with a Coke or something. If I remember correctly, I don't know. I know that I would always get, he would always get me a Coke and it's a fountain Coke. It's not like a can of Coke, a bottle of Coke. No, this is fountain. This is, this is the way it's supposed to be um, had. It, it, nothing compared to uh, a fountain coke nothing and it's still to this day you can't even the the sugar cane coke nowhere in comparison it just it was unmatched and every once in a while the bartender uh, i don't remember his name there were like two different establishments we'd go to one was like um vfw because my grandfather was a veteran and the other one was just a a local bar and every once in a while get like a, a cherry thrown in there but that was fun that was good. He would take me on a, go get cigarettes, give me a yoo then go to the bar and then do another errand. And usually that was buying baseball cards or something and then go home. So that was fun. And in Nebraska, I just, um, my, my grandparents there lived like 45 minutes away and we would go to visit them in Iowa. And that's like, it was like right over the bridge, just a few miles away from there. And that was in a very small town, completely different, completely different than even Omaha. I just, uh, we're talking back then, a town of 2,500 people in, in even bigger space than Omaha. And now it's like cut in half. Like the, there's hardly anyone there anymore. Um, but that was completely different. I mean, the people there were just different. Now my grandparents, they're good people, but like the people that live there, I went to school there in transition from New York to Nebraska. We went to school there for a few months, and man, they were terrible, terrible people. <laughs> I just, the kids are just so awful. 
it's the things that they would say to us is just unbelievable. Like they did not like outsiders at all. It's children of the corn for sure. But, um, yeah, it, but that was only a few months. And, and then we, we moved to Omaha after my, my father and mother found a house. So yeah, it was just, it was just slower. I think, you know, there were no beaches or anything. Yeah. There's lakes, but that's not the same. You have to know somebody that has a lake and usually anyone that you know it's like their aunt that owns it and you can only go for like the fourth of july and the beach is not like like jones beach out in new york or or up by where we are now even it's just uh not the same thing so i as a kid there weren't a ton of differences that i noticed except for the fact that i would rather be in new york honestly a lot of my friends i i made a lot more friends in nebraska because there was more of the formative years you know junior high and high school so I, I had some friends i can remember the names of a few friends from grade school when i lived in new york it would, it'd be cool to, to see where they are now i actually have one of my friends from new york who's my probably my best friend is i don't want to say his name his first name is daniel and daniel b i'll just say that grew up in in baldwin he was a Boy Scout, and he made me this little leather pouch before I left. It has like a wolf, a wolf head on it, and it's a pouch just for like coins. I still have that. I'm looking at it right now. It's across the room. And uh, I remember him, uh, but I have not talked to him since I left. I think I had tried to reconnect uh, during a trip back to New York, riding a bike around town. and it wasn't. It's only a few blocks away from where we were staying with my grandparents, and he wasn't there. Uh, I don't think his, I think his family moved. So I have no idea where he is. Daniel B. Uh, look me up. How do you come up with your characters? Okay. The one for the book, I had two characters at first. And they were always part of the book. No matter what, they were always there. Like that, those were who I was going with, no matter what. I don't know how I came up with Jacob. At least not the name. The character himself... himself I envisioned in uh, an alleyway in a very epic battle scene. And I saw it as like a graphic novel. And saw him as a teenager taking on uh, a monstrous person. And I saw just uh, movements and, and different things. So he was always there. He has developed since then. And I don't know if that this is answers the question, but he kind of came about just from that scene really i mean it's just something that i just saw in my head and i kind of developed it from there the other character is very specific and uh, a very integral part of the entire series as well as jacob but he was always like kind of i that this is what i saw as well i just saw this this person fighting and so that that was that and he's based on something and that's where i got that a lot of the other characters are based on loosely and sometimes like pretty closely based on people in real life people that have influenced me people that i've known influenced me in good and bad ways and it's all there and there are some others that uh, a few characters that i kind of came up with that fit a certain profile uh, fit a certain like emotion or a a certain need that had to be within the 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 tale of the hero you know, there's always some characters. I, I, I grew up playing role-playing games, uh, like not card games. My my brothers are are into that, um, but more like uh, Final Fantasy and stuff. So it's an RPG. It's just a 
it doesn't matter. I would play some of these games where you always have like a tank and you have a healer and all these different characters that when you put them all together, they make a you know fierce team. So I, I took a lot of that into it, or I put a lot of that to it, and that's why like I would I'd put some characters in there that I knew would work well within a team. So that's how I kind of came up with those. I, like I, I came up with personas before I came up with characters, if that makes sense. And uh, uh, other characters, like I, I get a vision of, not a vision, but I get like something in my head about just, the, I had this one, you know, life experiences really, I take a lot from those. So um, I think characters are developed through those. It's hard not to take from circumstances and things that you've been through. It really is. You're influenced by many things, but probably more so than not, people in your life, people you come in contact with. So that that's where characters come from for me. Okay, why did it take so long to write your first book? That's a that's a good question. So those of you who don't know, I, I know I've mentioned it a few times, and it's probably boring to some of you, but I I came up with the characters, the first scene and the major battle scene probably 14 years ago at the same time and 14 years to write a book it's a long time unless you're you know george r R. martin and uh i think he's still working on a second book uh, game of thrones fans so i developed the concept 14 years ago but i wasn't working on it consistently like every once in a while i'd come up with something and, and add it and i would you know short short story i was writing it wrong i was writing chapter by chapter and and the chapters were nowhere near each other and it was all just sporadic and and finally I, I took a class figured out i had to do an outline or found out not figured out i was told do an outline and then i was able to construct the book and so that class was probably about four years ago so that's when i now mark when i started the book because the concept can be years away but actually going through the book that's that's what really mattered so i think that's four years so four years of going through different, like changing the outline here and there. And then three years ago, after taking the course, after some life things happened, I started NaNoWriMo for the first time. And I think it's one of the first episodes that I, I did for No Green Eggs was about NaNoWriMo. And it's a National November Writers Month. And a friend of mine got me into it, a very good friend. And she told me, you know, you should do this. And I did. So that that month, I wrote 50,000 words, all within that outline. You know, I just started from the very beginning and just went through 50,000 words. And that's when I started. And then I didn't stop until uh, 2020 is when I finished the book, the first draft. And then 2021, I did another draft, had it edited and finished. And now here I am looking to get it represented. So part of the reason it took so long uh, you know, life gets in the way. I went to college later in life because uh, I I felt, I thought my life was going to go in a certain direction, and it was, and then I got in an accident, and that was done. And then while I was in school, I was working full-time, so I was going to school full-time, working full-time, and then we had a child. And then I graduated just before our first child was born. You know, I just didn't have time. After child is born, it's, you know, your focus, your mentality changes. You know, it comes more, that, that child is more important. So it was always there. Every once in a while, I would bring it back. And my wife was always not pushing me, but, you know, being very supportive about it. She she wanted it done. She wanted this book because she knew the concept. She was just as surprised by some parts. She was like, I didn't know you were going to add that. And like, she knew I had to like kind of 
challenge her, you know, because like she knew like the story. She knew all most of the characters, but I so I had to like kind of make it fun for her. So I surprised her with some stuff. And then, you know, uh tragic events in our life happened that um actually influenced the book in a good great way. During the process of writing the book, the the main part of writing the book where actually was I had the outline done and NaNoWriMo happened and getting through. The book is 108,000 words. So NaNoWriMo is only half of the way. And even after NaNoWriMo, I actually changed a lot of what I wrote because, I mean, it was it was an exercise of, of just writing, you know? So every day I was writing 1,666 words, 67 words, every day, just to get to 50,000. I think I got to like 55,000. And it was just, just to like get those words down. But it was really helpful because it was kind of like the first first draft you know, and anyway, what was I saying? So, so, okay, life events. So we had some tragedies happen and that greatly influenced the book. Like, because some characters came from it, circumstances changed, uh, settings changed, I should say. And then, and then I was able to tour this mansion that is part of the book. And I, I just, it was amazing. And, and every time something happened, it influenced the book and the book changed in a big way. I can, I can put, to different points, like by reading the book, I can I can say that's when that happened. That's when that happened. It's not in the story. It's I just remember the event that caused the creativity to to flow supernaturally. It was in these different times, and so that made it so that the book would would um, mutate. It would um, what do you call that? Evolve every time something like one of these events happened. So that was it was good, but it just it. It made the process a little bit longer, but I think for the better. Like I know for the better, definitely for the better, because it, it produced something much greater in me, and therefore on paper. And one of the the things that are, I know this is a long answer to this question, but one of the things that it was very time consuming for me. I can write dialogue very well. That's fine. I have nothing nothing wrong with that. I try to do it in a way that is organic, that sounds good. You know, it, actually, I did work on that a little bit. It, but I also like took from like sitcoms, like how the flow of things go. Uh, I looked at this is going to sound strange for some of you, but um, one of the the best dialogue driven TV shows, Gilmore Girls, by far. Just the amount of words that are said in that show, I think it's unmatched. It's just so much content. So it takes something like that and and look at how it's how these people would. Uh, interact with each other and I put that into some of the writing and you know just some of my favorite shows and how they would converse with each other so I looked at that that wasn't so bad coming up with fillers you know uh, describing things like uh, scenes that wasn't so hard that's easier for me to do the hardest part and the most time-consuming part and the thing that I had to work on the most and I wanted to because I needed this to work was visuals becoming so detailed that the reader doesn't just read it they can see it from the words that I put down and I worked very hard on that and like when I took creative writing in college all the stuff that I wrote was an exercise for that like I knew back then that I wanted to be very descriptive in what I did and I actually had a good teacher for that or a good professor and she did. She liked the way I uh, describe things, and people that have read the book like it. So it, it worked out. It was, but it was a long process, a lot of practice, and it takes a lot of time to do. There's a certain scene in this book that I had 
read in front of some creative people at a little conference that we had a few years ago or a couple years ago at this I don't even know how long at this point but it was the first draft of a very important scene in the book I had redone it since or before reading it to them but I wanted to read them the first draft for one I wanted them to see where it started because this was like the second chapter I ever wrote for this book I wrote the first chapter and then this chapter. And those are the first two things because the first chapter was the first and it leads to this one. So I read them that and I wanted them to see where I started. And then when they get the book, see where how far I've come. But this one particular scene in there, I described the journey a tear takes from eye to ground. And the way I did it, I just... I did it over and over and over again until I was satisfied that people can see this in their mind as they're reading. And it's probably one of my favorite scenes in the book. It's not my very favorite, but it's one of my favorite. And there are quite a few scenes like that in the book that I wanted to be very detailed. I wanted everything to, I want every little bit to be described as if it was in slow motion. So everything, everything. So in slow motion, there are more frames in slow motion than there are in regular speed. So frame by frame by frame. So I'm, I'm explaining slowly basically I'm, I'm making sure that i get as many of the little minuscule details within that scene as i can and usually that scene is only a couple seconds but in slow motion a couple pages so that took a long time that's where a lot of the timing went or a lot of the time went when i write now for exercise i'm doing the the, the thing I talked about a few weeks ago about um, showing up, uh, the two-minute thing, it's actually five minutes. I'm not going to go into it right now, but I write every morning before I do anything else, I write for five minutes. I put a timer on, write for five minutes, and as soon as the timer goes off, I stop mid-sentence, mid-word, doesn't matter, I'm done. Stop. And it's just to build the habit of writing every single day, and for six weeks, this is what I'm going to do, five minutes, and then I'm going to build upon that. So it's just building a foundation for a habit. I will write most of the time. I will, not most of the day, but like most days I will write. But it's sporadic and usually it's in between taking phone calls or, or doing something else. So it's not set. You know, when I was writing the book, I had more of a, a set time that I would do it. But now sleep is so sporadic and it's just, you know, I'm not getting a lot of it. So just uh, it, my brain is not working. And plus there's like, you know, uh, the inner turmoil that goes on within my head when I'm trying to write is it's just so chaotic and it's it's not just life events which is a big factor but it's also other ideas like I'm if I'm writing something specific I have so many other ideas that are trying to fight for superiority and it just it really blocks me up so that five minutes I'm, I'm doing it right now on the zombie story that's just because that's just a story that it has no outline and it's just an experiment it's just a going chapter by chapter with you guys and gals, and that's that. So it's there's nothing to it. And don't have to really do anything. And in that five minutes, I don't get much more than a sentence, maybe two, honestly. You know, I read what I did the day before just so I have it fresh in my mind. Like, what did I even write? You know, sometimes it doesn't even make sense. Read what I wrote, then start the timer, then write. And, you know, I haven't gone very far in, in two weeks. I haven't gone very far, but it's the habit. So working with details and then working against the, the turmoil in the brain, that's why it took so long, honestly. And changing things because life events happen. Yeah, that's why it took so long. 
but not as long as what I had said before. It's like from concept 14 years, but realistically when putting pen to paper, gung-ho, four years. And in the last year, I didn't, um, I didn't do anything for the book. 2021, I finished with the final edits, but that was towards the beginning of the year. And no, I think halfway through. So the last six months has not been anything with that book. It's been other, other works. And that's, that's that. Well, I think looking at time, I think that'll be enough for today. There's some other questions, but I hope that those answered them or my answers answered them. Yeah. So again, looking forward to making an announcement very soon with Michael Dip, and I look forward to that. You should too. It's really going to be a big deal. And um, I also, I just wanted to know, um, again, leave me a comment, send me, or send me a comment through nogreeneggs.com comment section very easy it's just one page so there's even a menu and takes you right to it what do you guys want to hear because i'm changing things around trying to streamline not only my life because <laughs> like we're, priorities are, are changing like i'm trying to my wife and i are trying to hone things in and because it just seems like so many plates spinning 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 i just want to like kind of streamline each individual project that i'm doing so that it's not so chaotic you know because there's two podcasts right now one maybe in the future and then you know work and breakwater all these different things are happening all at the same time and it's like i kind of need to streamline each one to to make it more manageable and i want to make sure that you're getting the content that you want to hear so let me know what are your favorite parts about this podcast what what were the things that you really enjoyed and the things that you didn't enjoy you know and then i can you know balance that out and see what's what people are preferring, what they don't want, and then kind of streamline it and make it more fun for you guys. And I also want to make this more loosey-goosey. NoGreenAngs.com, go to the comment section. Let me know what you're liking. Uh, let me know what you want to see more of or less of, and we'll see what we can do. Okay, so again, as always, thank you so much for listening. I'm moving some of my catalog into Patreon uh, because I also want to streamline kind of take out some of the episodes and make it more, I don't know, more friendly for those that are coming in later after starting, you know, and I, I don't want to like, there's a lot of the first year was uh, personal stories and stuff like that. And some of them are fun, but maybe they don't all work in the grand scheme of things. So I, I also want to streamline that as well. So some of those are going to move over to Patreon. You can become a supporter in Patreon. You can also go to anchor.fm under my No Green Eggs podcast and become supporter there. I'd really appreciate it. It's going to help with eventually getting somebody professionally to to take care of the editing because, you know, it probably sound better if somebody else is doing it. <laughs> I don't know how well I'm doing. But otherwise, the biggest support that you can do is continue listening and share with your friends. Thank you so much. See you, not see you. <laughs>